Can I get your uh, take on these uh, different topics that we did this last time? It was yes. kind of fun. All right, ready? It is fall. How do you guys feel about apple picking? Apple picking. Apple picking is fun until you realize it's one of the stupidest things you can do. <laughs> I enjoy apple picking because I have four kids, oh. and they are very impressed by my ability to throw apples super hard at another person. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a good Also, one. did you realize there's a whole scam? Because they said there's like 40 varieties of apples, and let's keep it real. There's three. There's green, yellow, and red. Uh, <laughs> last time you we were on the show, I went through some topics, and I said, I'm really thinking about getting into pickling. Mm -hmm. And I think you said to me... That, that is the whitest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Making pickles. But then I saw my wife scrapbooking while listening to the best of Jewel, and I was like, she beat you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> she beat you. She that beat was you. the whitest thing she ever. She beat you. She won well, by a mile. So are you still pickling? Uh, I am still pickling. In fact, I, last Saturday, I spent hours of my life uh, making us pickles. I made you guys pickles. Oh! This is oh. Look at this. Look at this. So check it out. That's it. Is that Dill? So I, got, I believe that's yeah. dill. So I got fresh dill, I got fresh uh, uh, cucumbers, I got pickling spice, I put garlic in there, I put a jalapeno in there, jalapeno. and then I vacuum sealed it with a food vacuum sealer what? or something. Mm -hmm. I, I want to try it. Would, would of, of course I'll eat your pickles. If someone else... <laughs> On TV. And I'll stick my hand in it too. All right, so take that. I don't think take the dill like, off. Drip, drip, drip. And don't eat that pepper's too hot. So don't do the pepper. No such thing. No. No. Me love spice. No such thing. No. Such thing. Thing. no. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I don't Let's know go. how they're gonna taste. I have. Me love spice me out. Okay. Do I detect the taste of cinnamon? Yeah. Yeah, I think there might be All some right. type of thing in there. What is it? Little cilantro. Not the worst thing. These are no. good pickles. I mean, not the best reaction, but it's not like Gal Gadot having a Reese's peanut butter cup. What is the proper reaction to someone giving you a pickle, though? We're not that rich. We don't want to, like, I haven't had friends like, yo, fam, I made you a pickle. Try like, my pickle. Try my Stop saying try my pickle to me, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. Yo, good luck with this pickle, my guy. Yeah, yeah. Yo, ah, gang, gang, yo. Recording to you on Southland Union, Seattle, Washington, Studio 212, part of the Soundcasting Network. This is episode two of season two, a.k.a. episode 84 of your mom's favorite podcast about food. Grill, how long steak, mister? Ten and a half minutes. Ten and a half, thank you. That's very precise. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Because a lot of times people will say, like, three minutes. That's really, like, six minutes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know if it's evolved because, like, sometimes maybe when you're older, time moves faster. You know? I've been reading up on that about the perception of time as you get older. How there is no time. Time is a creation of by man. Time is irrelevant. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we uh, didn't record last week, and that's because I'm going to blame that all on Johnny and Keith, not me. I was ready. I was willing. I was here. Okay? <laughs> you two, not here. We do have in the studio a uh, super producer, uh, also Soundcasting Network owner, Keith Boogie, a.k.a. the Queef Master 5000, a.k.a. Risotto God, <laughs> the Pasta Queen. <laughs> What else we got, Johnny? Another AKA? No, that's about all I got. <laughs> got a new whip. He's stepping up his game. He's evolved. 
the the Soundcasting Network is bringing him some cash now. So now he's rolling on. What are those? What are those? Fifteens? Twenties? 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 Full? Yeah, I still ain't got no car. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, what's up, guys? I know we haven't been. Uh, yeah, we took a little break. Johnny had a kid. I had an injury. Started a new job. Johnny's at June, baby, kicking still, it, crushing still. it. Uh, if any of you have not been to my new place, the episode. I mean uh, the. Address is 2126 2nd Avenue down in the heart of Belltown, Jupiter. It's an art bar. Come by, get some sandwiches, play some video games. Johnny. What's You're plugging yourself? Yeah, dude. What's up, dog? <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of my shit. You know what no, I'm saying? No, you should be. You should be. Except fucking Do 206. Uh, I, wanna, I like Do 206. They're like a... An internet website app that tells you what's going on in Seattle came off the list of best sandwiches in Seattle. I was not on that list. Oh, I used to have a connect in there, Megan Turns, but she don't ain't there no more. I feel so. like I know that person. Yeah, you met Megan before. Shout out Right Turns. Um, yeah, so uh, maybe next time I'll get on that list, but uh, we're still doing better. It's uh, yeah. How's your work? It's good. It's um. Not as busy as we anticipated it being right now, but it's fine. It's October, so we're not really too worried about it. Um, but we're changing the food, which is nice because we were really in a summer kick, doing a lot of corn, doing a lot of, you know, very summery things. And now we're moving into fall items, winter items, squashes, and we're getting really cool. Um, we got these Georgia candy roaster squash, which are like indigenous to the South. And um, getting them shipped. No, our farmers grow. Damn, that's tight. And uh, yeah, so, shout out your farm. Uh, we have so many different farms. I mean, who's we, got the squash? We uh, who does have the squash? I want to say squash, uh, Equilibrium Farms. I can't remember where they're located. It's it's kind of funny in the restaurant industry. Some uh, chefs or cooks or whatever, uh, kitchen management, they talk about food like it's drugs. <laughs> like, where'd you get that squash at? <laughs> where'd you get that at? Because sometimes it's. If you fuck with, uh, it's just like a drug dealer. Not that I would know anything about that. Exactly. But it's just like a drug dealer to where it's like, why are you selling me that boo boo shit? I want you that know? premium. I want that premium. And they, but they also only fuck with. Uh, they hold on some of the good stuff for some of their better clients. Yeah. Totally. If you are loyal to that dealer or you know farmer, they're gonna you know they're gonna give you the top quality grade A stuff. Stroh, <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Equilibrium Farms. They also do purseline and uh, different greens for us, and they're asking us for. Um, they're like, give us stuff to test us. Like, let's let's get crazy to test us. They wanna they wanna experiment with some stuff. Okay, so they cool. give you the the boo boo shit. Like, no, make no. it. Good. <laughs> they always give us stuff. They actually gave us less of an amount of a certain green because it wasn't good. So they gave us the best of what they could get. Um, I've been having problems with my arugula. Yeah. I was like, so I had to finally, after the third time of me getting like some fucked up arugula, finally I had to call my produce purveyor. And I was like, yo, and shout out Four Seasons, uh, Carla. But I was like, yo, what's up with the arugula? And she's like, you know, well, the farms, the wildfires, you know, there's some issues. We're doing what we can. The wildfires. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to be, I can't fuck with that arugula anymore. Yeah. It's, Sorry. It's the taste and flavor is Sorry. all different. It's not, um, not rolling. But yeah, also want to give a shout out to Willowwood Farms, Georgie. Georgie. Oh. All right. Uh, do, any places you want to talk about that you've eaten at? Uh, I know you got a baby, so you know. You, you know you, yeah, you're right. You're I te- haven't testing that baby food. Haven't eaten. Are you making much. your own baby food? 
No, not yet. Step up your game, he's, dog. He's still he's still on the teat. <laughs> See, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> we are talking about your woman's uh, teats this morning. Uh, let's <laughs> not get into that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't really want to shout out any place that I've eaten. I've been too busy at work to go out and eat, but I do want to shit on one place, which I knew. Well, I already knew it was a shitty place. So, uh, I went to go see This Is Halloween at the Triple Door, which is like the Nightmare Before Christmas uh, live show. And, uh, I wanted to get something to eat before we went there. And my girlfriend was like, you know, they serve dinner while you're watching the show. And I was like, yeah, I've eaten there before. I I don't really (laughs) want to eat this shit. But they served me some of the most garbage ass food I've ever eaten um, expensive as fuck oh, I'm sure and frozen garbage dog so if anybody's listening that works at the triple door front of the house or back of the house you need to immediately go in and smack the shit out of your <laughs> chef a fucking sap cause he should be fucking embarrassed of what the fuck he's serving and what they're charging for that shit I didn't have any entrees I just had small bites because I was like I don't want to spend still paid a shit ton of money Damn. so I was hella pissed and then me and my lady left there and we were like fuck this I'm gonna get some good food so we went to Pink Door um, and Dylan shout out Dylan uh, I didn't forgot he even worked there Johnny used to work with him Yeah. Uh, but we went there shout out the whole uh, Pink Door crew because Pink Door squad squad Pink Gang uh, but we went there and uh, had I had probably this is the third best risotto I've ever had in my entire life. Better uh, than Queef Boogie's risotto balls? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's better than Queef Boogie's risotto balls. Mm, crunchy, but yeah, soft. I mean, they just have this glistening with the oil, oiled up risotto balls. Great. Arancini. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Uh, but yeah, it was great. Black truffles. We had Soprasetta. Whatever, I don't think I'm pronouncing that correct. That good Caesar, mm-hmm. I mean, bread. Kaiser? Yeah, great. Nice, beautiful. So shout out to the whole crew. They did a really good job. Yeah. Entertainment was great. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to mention uh, fucking Triple Door, man. Stop that. Just because you got somebody trapped at a show, you yeah. serve them garbage-ass food and charge them. I didn't fuck, man. They just, oh, ruined my fucking night. I was so upset. Robbie is usually vocally upset about things, but you know that it's like full force when he's like, I'm on air and I'm going to. Oh, yeah, man. Like when I'm on this podcast, I try to be positive about things and find something, the silver lining in any situation in a restaurant or just life, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But but that was the dumbest thing I've heard. Off air, uh, I'm usually fucking. Terrible. Yeah, pretty pissed off. Say some pretty ill shit. I mean, I'm going to go after your mom, your child. <laughs> Usually over because there was too much ice in my soda or something. But uh, yeah, Triple Door, you fucked up. And I used to have hella homies that worked there, but I don't know anywhere in the kitchen, I think. I don't want to know them either after that Ooh. bullshit. Bang, bang, pew, pew. Well, it's just like you call yourself a cook and then you serve that shit. How can you send that out on a plate and call yourself a cook? Yeah, I you feel know that. What I'm saying? It's like the shit I cook at home when I'm tired. Yeah, shit slaps because you're drunk. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on to the show. Uh, we're gonna get serious for two minutes, uh, and then we'll do we'll talk we'll big up some homies in the back of the house. Uh, since in the whole wake of this Harvey Weinstein bullshit uh, about uh, molesting women, forcing yourself onto people with power, uh, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna uh, take it into the restaurant industry and uh, show you how chefs get down, um, Johnny. Well, this isn't all chefs. So no, not all not chefs. Group. It's just power in, in the restaurant industry. It's just we've, power in general. We've talked about that. Uh, me and Keith were having a conversation about 
you know, in my kitchen, I, I want to yell at people. I mostly yell at myself and go on the walk-in and scream, but I try not to be uh, abuse of power and yell at my employees and stuff like that. But It uh, doesn't uh, create a good atmosphere for... Yeah, and what Johnny's about to talk about definitely does not create a good atmosphere. No. So uh, earlier this week, an article came out on a bunch of news feeds. I would say, I mean, even people covered it, which is crazy. Yeah, I'm on uh, I'm on NPR. Yeah, uh, the NPR website people, I was reading about, but they did a radio story yeah, about it. Yeah, Eater, New York Times, like so many people have been slapping this um, around. But um, Chef John Besh, most well known for his restaurant August in New Orleans. Um, also a top chef competitor, Iron Chef competitor. Um, That's how I know him. Yeah, he he's a, from Iron Chef. Yeah, he's a well known guy. He kind of put New Orleans like on a bigger scale map, saying saying that we're here and we're doing dope food and you know we're creating an atmosphere. Um, he has been accused of twenty five separate sexual assault allegations um, and has currently resigned from his restaurant group. Um, so he is no longer. How, how are you going to resign? But your the name of your uh, restaurant group is John Best Restaurant. Well, that's group. the thing. As they were talking about, as they said that they don't know if they're going to um, change the name, but he still has a stake in the rest in the restaurant group, so he can either um, either get bought out or he can keep it and make money. But I don't know. They're kind of like you need to go. So I guess he had um, an unwanted sexual relationship with an employee that went on for several months um to his knowledge he says that it was only un unwanted the last month of the relationship but i guess it went on for a while as someone as keith mentioned to me earlier not wanting to lose their job or something like that and so they let this experience happen more um one more quick clarification uh there's 25 accusations against the company not against him oh yeah yeah okay yeah you're right the company not him he's not that bad of a person (laughs) (laughs) um so so yeah like it's pretty that's pretty interesting there's a lot of things going on actually i had a cook that i work with um who worked in charleston and had mentioned that he worked for a restaurant where there was sexual assault going on and one of the sous chefs or the cdc's said something to hr or to like a news reporter or something like that and he was um under the table terminated so there's like this big culture in the restaurant industry right now where there isn't any support for these sort of allegations and you have to go outside and you have to find legal action, which is unfortunate. But they still sweep it under the rug and they hide it. Oh, yeah. And they try to get past it as much as they can. Like either they'll change the name or they'll hot fire the person who's accused of the allegations and hire somebody new saying that it's a new face to the new to the brand. Um, there's a bunch of different loopholes that people try to go through, but it's it's pretty terrible. Do you think that how how much? of these allegations do you think is going to affect uh, people eating at these restaurants? Um, I think it's very, it's going to affect people a lot because I, especially in this day and age with everything that's going on, um, yeah, but let's, a lot of people are more vocal and um, adamant about abolishing this whole sexual harassment thing. But see, the thing about it is we've known this has been going on for a long time. No, yeah, but I think it's like now that we're in such an open forum in the world and stuff like that, a lot of people are, are up in arms and they're like, well, we can, we're not going to stand for this because blah, 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 you know? Well, like I was stating before, silver lining, you know, <laughs> sexual assault, uh, harassment, uh, the whole 
the good thing that came out of the Harvey Weinstein incident is that it's given uh, women and or people a platform to be brave enough to speak out against it. Yeah. They're not afraid of the giant of the head boss. They're not worried. It's given them <clears throat> given them power, seeing that other people came out and spoke against these people. And so that's what's happening is going into all different industries. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just one industry has this problem. Each industry has this problem. We just happen to focus on the restaurant industry and we found a a guy who owns a restaurant group that's been, uh, I guess, you know, if your boss who owns the restaurant group is harassing or sexually assaulting women, it kind of gives you, you know, you you think that uh, it's okay because he does it. Yeah. So, you know, he's harboring a, um, an atmosphere, uh, to where things like that are allowed to go on. And, uh, so people are going to do it. Um, and it's nice that they spoke out, and this is just one company. Yeah, it's just crazy, because I know how serious the situation is, and I'm like, totally against it, but every time I hear the word sexual assault, I just go to the darkest place, you know? <laughs> what I'm saying? I'm just like, what? There's minor, but there's minor things that are sexual. When you, you grab a girl's ass. No, yeah, exactly, but when I think of sexual assault, I'm like, whoa, those are the dudes, you know, like, going crazy, going to jail, and getting the ass whipped by murderers because they're nasty. Um, <laughs> You know what I'm saying though? Like it's, it's just so crazy and it's going to put a stigma on his name for the rest of his life now. Good. Yeah. Good. Maybe he'll learn to keep his hands to himself. I hope so. And then was this girl, was she a willing participant and then uh, of this relationship? And then when it became, uh, kind of crossed the line, became assault, is it when, uh, you know, he maybe started threatening her or telling yeah, her? Yeah, I don't she know. It doesn't continue. mention anything about him, like, forcing her to do anything. I think that she was just, like, in a relationship and couldn't get out. And she felt like she would lose her job if yeah. she didn't continue um, to do this. Which is unfortunate because, I mean, it's misleading for everybody, you know? Like, it just sucks that it took this long to come out and now that there's it's just like a really poor time for <laughs> for any of this you know um but on the brighter side of everything we now know that we have this platform where we can speak out and up against uh all this stuff that is happening in the kitchen industry which is good because i talked in my kitchen about how we need to break these stigmas that the kitchen has around it, you know, against racial discrimination, sexual discrimination, um, just being vulgar in general and how we can make the kitchen more of a cohesive unit and more fun to be in because people aren't feeling awkward and they can open up and be themselves. Like we have a lot of fun in our kitchen because everybody is themselves and they don't feel cornered to, you know, try and fit in with the group. They know that they can be individuals. Well, a lot of times in some of the, some of the nicer restaurants, I was just thinking back to when I was younger and in some of the, some of the less professional kitchens that I was in, uh, some of the awkward or kind of weird relationships between the older, maybe GMs or sous chefs or something like that. And, you know, you're looking at like a 35 year old man or whatever, that's having a relationship with a hostess Mm -hmm. that is, um, 19 years 
years old, yeah. 18, 19 years old. And you always thought it was awkward, but when you're, uh, you're, you're young, sometimes you thought it was cool. You looked up to them like, Hey man, this is our boss. And you and, don't make the best decisions when you're that young. No. And some, and, and you're taking advantage of a, of a younger person who looks up to you, mm-hmm. you know, who looks at you as, as their boss. And maybe you're just getting into the industry. Um, and so it was always, it was always weird, but when you're younger, you look at it as kind of being cool. But once now that I'm older, now I know there's something fucking wrong. Oh yeah. You know, and it's bad. Um, but in some of the, you know, less professional kitchens, you know, it's looked at as just like, you know, fun games, you're yeah, like drinking, banter. banter, like having fun. Um, and then when you get into some of the nicer fine dining establishments, it's a little bit more hush hush and you don't talk about it because you think it's weird. Same thing. You just don't say anything yeah. because it's looked at as like, you know, you're judging somebody else and they're both adults and they're consenting. But are they, you know, is it a form of um, assault or um, like the, this girl said, you know, she had a sexual relationship with John Besh um, and she used the words it was unwelcomed. Yeah. You know, but she felt pressure to do it because she wanted to keep her job. And so same thing in the industry now. If, if, if your head chef is, you know, married and you know something's going on, um, do you assume that it's none of your business? You know, you don't say anything because you don't want to lose your job. Who are you to who are you to put your nose in their business? No, well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, the whole theory, not theory, but the, the saying, you know, snitches get stitches and blah, 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 blah. It's just like, it's, it's really tough because in my eyes, if I see something like that, it's hard for me to be like, I like, who am I going to go tell? Like, yeah. Who are you going to go tell? You know, who and, are you going to go tell? And then, and then it's like, Keith, let's, let's see who, okay. You're at, you're at a, a, a restaurant. Your executive chef is married with children yet. He is having a sexual relationship at work and or outside of work that everybody in the restaurant knows about. All the employees know about. Uh, He's also an owner. And they're doing inappropriate things at work, maybe sneaking off, drinking on the job. Who do you talk to? Who would you go talk to? I don't know who the fuck would you think. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is, it's like you don't talk to anybody. That's not this is the I mean, this is the problem. You don't go tell anybody, but if you're uncomfortable enough and you stand on principles, you fucking leave the job. Yeah, you leave, you and then you talk shit about them, right? And then nothing happens until maybe somebody blows the whistle and calls a news organization and tells them about it. Do you want to be that person that calls a news organization and says, hey, I mean, let's let's put let's put Tom Douglas out there or Ethan Stoll. And this shit's going on. Uh, not saying it it has went on. Nothing like that. I'm Jesus. just saying. Let's get some some legal clarification yeah. here. No, no, nothing like that. But somebody of that stature, at least in our city, you know, John Bash is like that in his city. But one of our none of the employees wants to be that person that calls up Como. And says, I'll like, say no dude definitely doesn't want to be that person. I bet you there are women that do. Yeah. And then on top of that, if that dude did call a news organization and we found out in the industry, I don't think anybody's hiring that dude. No, that's what I was going to say. It's like, uh, it'll be really hard to find a job in the future. because You're going to be working at, at Katsu Burger. <laughs> <laughs> Your next job, you're going to be the night manager Yo, at Katsu. Yo, but shout out to Katsu Burger. That's just dope. <laughs> it's pretty but, good. Uh, see the, but then another issue that arises is like when you are in that position to say something and it's like you're thinking, do I say something or do I not say something? You don't know how the person who is being 
afflicted by the situation would feel and if they want you to blow their business up or if they are waiting for their own moment to say something. So it's like, there's that. And people are like, oh, well, you should just say something because it's the right thing to do. That's right. And it's like, yeah, you're right. But sometimes the right thing to do isn't the right thing to do. Sometimes the right thing to do is the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes matters. when you're right, you're right. Yeah. Timing, is, timing definitely matters. And like some people might not be ready to be exposed or to expose that portion of their life yet. And when somebody goes in and does it for them, then they're kind of put in the spotlight and they're kind of deer in headlights and they don't know what to do or what to say. And then they kind of get ostracized and they have no way of defending themselves because they are unprepared for this situation. Sometimes you just gotta let people learn for themselves. And it takes it takes time and age to learn. I mean, a lot of people don't know they're being taken advantage of or being treated uh, poorly um, by the opposite sex until they get older, mm-hmm. and they, and they and they've seen and they and they've been around the block and they've witnessed other people's problems, and then they try to kind of think back to when they're younger. I'm like that fucking asshole. Yeah, he was totally using Straight me and taking advantage of me. So. Uh, do we have a conclusion to this? No, we're going to keep our, re- our listeners updated on this because it's an ongoing situation. Um, and I'm sure, I am sure, sure, sure that there will be more situations that are going to rise in the next few weeks. Not for, for his restaurant group in general, but for in the industry. For all restaurants. For all restaurants. Bodies are going to drop. Yeah. I mean, it's happening all over in like news and uh, fucking entertainment and everything else. And Michael Chiarello, who... Like, I actually really liked as a chef. I liked his style. I liked the way, you know, he, he did food. But he is facing a lawsuit right now. It might have gotten resolved. But he, like, he, he, ooh, he tailspun hard. <laughs> Fucking meth and sexual harassment allegations. He just went, That's a down. Um, that's crazy. But uh, before we move on to the next topic, I just wanted to plug in real quick. Um, have you noticed the situation that's going on in Seattle and in California and in a lot of cities where restaurants are closing down due to this $15 minimum wage? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Liberty just sold up on Capitol Hill, which has been open there's been a, forever. There's been three restaurants this week that closed down due straight up due to minimum wage increase. And then, oh, fucking Cushy Bar didn't renew their lease. Nope. Uh, because was, of rising sad, rent. It was a sad day. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought of you instantly. Yeah. It's like, Robbie, no. It's pretty sad. I went there, shot out that whole crew. They're all good. Yeah. Everybody's good. The owners are fine. They just, they said, fuck that. It's not worth it to yeah. us. Uh, he's still got Gearin's doing fine. Momiji. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're fine. Yeah. Uh, that's the th- issue. It's just crazy that that strip is getting so expensive now. Yeah, he's just that's he just said fuck that. I'm yeah. out of here. No, I wouldn't not, do that either. I'm not paying that. Right? This fucking light rail shit is going crazy. Yeah, <laughs> R.I.P. Cushy Bar is one of my favorite uh, favorite places in this entire city. Uh, I, I mean, I'd heard a couple uh, maybe last year that they were selling the building, mm. but that was just it was up for sale. I know. I just a, wonder what's going to happen with Belltown and the food scene in Belltown because it the the way that it's going is gentrification is pushing not only the residents out but. The, the culture and the and the restaurants and the atmosphere that's we're there. live. There's a really good vibe down there. No, uh, no, no. Dave yeah. Meinhardt came down there, and that guy really doesn't shout out too many other businesses besides his his business group, all the places up on the hill. But he came down there and visited everybody down there, mostly the bar scene, not too many of the restaurants. Yeah, uh, and it's all the homies. And uh, he came down there, was pretty impressed with it. It's it's really nice. Uh, no, yeah, we're trying to keep it local. Uh, but that's the thing is I feel like that that area is going to become strictly 
a bar area. I mean, it bar, is. like bars with food, but it's like, it's unfortunate because I've known a lot of great restaurants that have been in Belltown and they are no longer. No, nobody comes to Belltown to eat. Yeah, nobody goes to Belltown to eat. They come down there to drink. It's craziness. I got my foot in the door though. Anyway, uh, yeah, last thing, what did I want to say? Last thing I wanted to say on the sexual assault thing is, you know, you can only better yourself. Yeah. Um, be aware of your actions. Be aware of your coworkers' actions and, and speak with them if you see something inappropriate. Um, I know that I've learned. I've done things in the past that I'm not proud of in a kitchen. Um, I mean, I mean we all have. crossed the line before. I wasn't aware of what I was doing was wrong. And maybe you being younger are not aware of some of your actions um, and how they affect other people. Um, and I know sometimes you may think it's a joke. It doesn't mean that they're not wrong anyway. No, but, you know, you may take it as a joke. Other people may see it as okay. um, assault or harassment. Yeah. And uh, just try to be wise, uh, keep open lines of communication, don't be intimidating. It's tough. Um, I, I learned with age, you know? Yeah. Uh, some things that I thought were okay when I was 25 are not okay at 35. Definitely um, not. And I realized Well, because that. you're set to a certain, you're set to another standard. You're like, all right, you're an adult now and you should know right from wrong. Like when you're in your early 20s, mid 20s. It's, it's all like, about guidance too. Yeah. So if you work in a fucking kitchen when you're young, when you're coming up and you work with a chef who makes lewd comments, who's having a sexual relationship with a server, who is making crude jokes, that's who you're looking up to. That's yeah. who trained you. That's who showed, and he's a fucking boss of a fucking chef. You know what I'm saying? He fucking, makes dope fucking food he's a good leader he's like a father figure to you that's who's showing you it's okay and so what are and so when you go up and you pass that down to other people it's just a a, a snowball effect of sexual harassment and uh just misogyny in a kitchen and so you gotta learn that somebody has to tell you that that's not okay yeah so with all this stuff the internet you know trading all these stories about people getting fucked up uh, over allegations and uh, hopefully it spreads awareness and uh, you cut that shit out. Girl, you need to cut it. Cut it. <laughs> Girl, how long take me to start? Uh, resting. Five out. Five out. If it's, what did you say? Ten and a half? Mm-hmm. Uh, you should say five minutes, 25 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> five minutes and 15 seconds. All right, now we're going to move on to a story about uh, some of the lesser known heroes in the restaurant industry. I know, I got a couple points. I have been wanting to bring um, a dishwasher on Grill How Long Steak Mister for some time now, but uh, they're actually getting some shine in the kitchen lately. Mm -hmm. uh, they're an invaluable uh, part of the kitchen. Uh, and I know that because I don't have any dishwashers. Oh place. yeah, this week, last weekend on lunch we had zero, we had no dishwasher. He was sick all weekend, and we had nobody fill in. And we were like, all right, well, so instead of having the dishes washed and brought back to us, so we can keep plating on these dishes, buy more dishes. Yeah, we're just like pulling down more dishes, and we're just like fuck. And then at the end of the day, the fucking dish area is just fucked. And then like the three o'clock dishwasher comes in, and he's pissed because he has to get ready. We have like our special themed dinner that night, and then we get hit right at five, and he's like, I, I'm not even fucking set you guys just gave me all your shit it's like oh man dishwashers are so important yeah well there's been a lot of talk lately in the restaurant industry i know that we talked about it fuck episode maybe 62 or something like that <laughs> uh, that the longtime dishwasher for uh restaurant noma over in copenhagen denmark uh, no it was more recent than that was it yeah it was like the 70s for sure 
I don't, I mean, I don't know how long. Oh, the seventies, the yeah. episode. Yeah. I was like, I thought he'd been working there since the seventies. I was like, like damn, I, nobody I, been I, over that long. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the restaurant Noma in Copenhagen, Denmark. Uh, their longtime dishwasher became a co-owner of the new restaurant that they were opening up. Uh, they gave them a ten percent stake in the restaurant's parent company, uh, along with two other longtime managers. And that's a big. That's a big chunk. Yeah, and uh, they talk about some other restaurants. Uh, this actually comes from restaurantbusinessonline.com. Um, I read a couple other stories about this, but uh, French Laundry and uh, other Thomas Keller restaurants, um, they have uh, put the dishwashers uh, in the same category as kitchen porters and stewards so that they can collect uh, a lot of the tips that they receive. Uh, they also are able to give them a higher pay wage. Um, at the SLS uh, Hotel Casino Group in Vegas, um, they actually make their stewards um, and uh, porters um, do dishes as well. Yeah. So there's multiple different um, titles that you're not just a dishwasher anymore. Um, we've been doing this a long time is where if we see a dishwasher that's good at their job and we see, cause dishwashing is not exactly such a hard job. Um, it's just, it's a grind. Yeah. Uh, the task I know is maybe seems like anybody can do it, which they can, but to do it well, you have to be an exceptional person and have good work ethic. So once you see a dishwasher that comes in there and busts their ass and, and is organized and do it, you know that that person can handle other responsibilities and usually move them up as fast as possible. But now the roles are being shifted and it's not just a dishwasher title, it's prep. You also, we have dishwashers run food. Uh, you have them, um, you know, they're being moved up into steward and uh, kitchen porter yeah. positions. Um, Are we stocking lines? They're also they're stuff. Also, the shortage of uh, kitchen staff is uh, making the dishwasher uh, role become non-existent. You know what's crazy though? What I've what I've realized is we we have a, one of our cooks is leaving um, to go travel Southeast Asia. Shout out! Um, so we have stages coming in. I've worked in a lot of restaurants in Seattle and I've definitely worked through the cook shortage and I've definitely worked at a restaurant where we've needed cooks and we couldn't find anybody. And I have never seen so many stages come through this restaurant. Like I think we had six this week and they were all good. Some were better than others, but I have never seen that many people start. Like usually my chef is like, if you stage at one of my chef's restaurants, you got the job. Yeah. Like that's just how it is. But we've seen people come in and go out and like, I'm just like, damn, it really changes the quality and the caliber of cooks you get when you get this coverage and this press and like you're known as being a really good restaurant. And I, I'm just like, oh, so that's what it takes to get those quality, guys, that quality cook, yeah. you know, um, just it's it's amazing. And it's awesome to know that I work for a restaurant that can achieve that status to bring in these cool, badass people that know my people, you know, like I had a guy who worked at Quinn's and knew all my people at Quinn's. And I had a guy um, who was working at, oh, man, where was it? the London plane, um, you know, and then he just, he knows a lot of my people out there in the city too. And it's just like cool to see these people who have experience come into the kitchen, who say behind you on a stage and who like can jump on saute and do it. I had a guy call tickets last night and my chef was there. He's like, you're letting this guy call tickets. And he was like, he's like, step up, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So yeah. I mean, at, at my place, it's, 
it was tough. I finally got a crew that I'm happy with. Satisfied? That I'm satisfied with. Uh, now it's fine tuning. Yeah. I had a uh, all hands on deck meeting uh, on Wednesday. Uh, this episode will be coming out today. We're, by the way, we're recording on Friday. Yeah. So it will be coming out today. What, 27th? Yes. Heard. Um, and I finally had, we had an all hands on deck so we can get everybody on the same page. Um, and we, consistency is key. Uh, and I'm very happy with the crew I have. Um, now what I'm worried about, uh, what I'm concerned about is not having a dishwasher and we get busy. What and do you do? What do you, I mean, you're and just, you guys are serving on plates, right? No. Oh, okay. You guys doing baskets or something? Yeah. Okay. But still, it's, we have a lot of, lot of sizzle platters. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we got? I mean, there's a lot of flipping all your dishes and stuff like that. And yeah. Changing, you know, we don't have a lot of space. And so if you get really, really backed up, you know, that's the same thing you have to do. I don't have time to wash. You just got to use new ones. Yeah. Pull some new ones. We don't have the space for new stuff. Oh. So, and. How many my, people do you have online at one time? Two at most. Really? We're Damn, not, that makes it even worse. Because I was like, if you had a third person, two uh, people could read the we're line. We're not banging think? like that. And that's the problem is what I'm worried about is when we do start getting banging. I and mean, we've been open like a, mo- a month and a week now. Okay. We're just starting to catch some press. You know, we were on the t- TV. Uh, the food's kind of catching on. I've added some new stuff. I actually have to take one less day online and start doing uh, another management day because I, I'm going to start going through a menu change. Mm-hmm. And so now I have to start testing out recipes and stuff like that, figure out what works and what doesn't work. Um, so I can't be there all the time. Um, I wish I could, but I can't. And so now what I'm worried about is when we do get busy, who the fuck am I going to hire? Yeah. You know. got to find someone you can trust. Yeah. So I just want to tip my hat to all those um, all of those dishwashers out there. And I, it's really nice to see that you're um, you know, getting the shine that you deserve. No, for sure. Um, yeah. With, with the... With the shortage in cooks and stuff like that, uh, you're really starting to see a lot of dishwashers uh, uh, step it up. And uh, some people don't they, they don't want to leave the dish pit. No, they like it. It's, it's what they do. And it, there's another thing that I wanted to point out. It's like I was on that line cooks page that we follow on Facebook. Yeah. And there was a guy that was like out there calling dishwashers. And he was like, I think he called them like... Um, Dish monkeys? Yeah, dish monkeys or something <laughs> like that. And he's like, why won't these dish monkeys, like, blah, 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 they suck and all this stuff. And I was like, well, first of all, you shouldn't call them dish monkeys. They're people. They're human beings. <laughs> and they provide a service that is valued to what the do you, restaurant. What do you, you call it in the kitchen? What, what do we call it in the kitchen? It's not racism. Uh, it's uh, it's almost classism. It's classism. <laughs> because, you know, we get looked down. The kitchen staff gets looked down, frowned upon by the front of the house staff. Yeah. Right. We're, we're like, no, who do we look? We're, to? we're, we're losers to them. You know, it's like, oh, you guys make less than us. <laughs> we're so much smarter. We're better looking and stuff. But at the back of the house, we look down at the front of the house. Staff. <laughs> we think you guys are idiots. Terrible. Not, Petty. not smart, lazy, you know, and then same thing on the kitchen. You know, we, we look down, you know, top dog is, you know, as your executive and it, it shit rolls downhill. So you got your CDCs, you got your grill cooks, your saute cooks. And then you look down at prep like, ah, oh, this motherfucker ain't even good enough to work online. They got to put them in the back to prep, you know, <laughs> and then who do they look down on? The dishwashers. Yeah. Even though it's all mishmash, you yeah. know, some of your prep cooks, the reason why they're on prep is because they're fucking quick. They're smart. 
and they don't need anybody there to babysit them all day. Exactly. And uh, they're the ones actually making the food. Yeah. They're the, yeah. We're just heating it up, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but in some people's heads, you're, you suck because you can't be online. So a lot of prep good prep good cooks get paid more. Yeah. Than and a lot of prep online. cooks were online and they realized what bullshit is. Yeah. And they decided that prep would <laughs> be like, a lot more fun. They're like, you motherfuckers are up there getting yelled at, sweating, hot as fuck. You don't get off until fucking two o'clock yeah, in the I'm morning. Like, Bitch, I'm out of here by four. <laughs> No, you're out of there. They're out of there as soon as they get their work done. Oh yeah. I think I got out on a prep shift on Friday like a couple weeks ago and it was like 3.30 or 4 o'clock and everybody's like, you're leaving? Because usually you stay there until like 6. And I was like, yeah, I'm out. Deuces. On top of that, some of the dish workers, man, they uh, they got it made in the shade. We're yeah. over there fucking sweating, getting our ass kicked. They're just over there like bumping Latino music, like <laughs> dancing the bachata. Yeah, they get fed well and they're just over there taking their sweet time, like, you know, just washing dishes. And we're just so envious sometimes. Like They're like, smoke break, and blaze yeah. the bowl. And <laughs> man, we used to get pissed. We were like, that, that's the third fucking break I see that dish cook, that <laughs> dishwasher take. Fuck him. So, you know, another thing to learn. Don't look down on anybody else. Um, just play your position the best you can. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the nicer you are to your dishwashers, um, the more likely they are to, you know, bust ass for you. Make sure you, you know? make sure you got dishes. Yeah, make sure you got dishes. Because they will play favorites. Do a double shift, you know, come in and work on their day off or something like that because they know that they are appreciated and that when they go to work that they can have a good time and they don't dread going to work. I remember working as a dishwasher and one of my things that I hated the most was dreading going to work because I hated the chef there. And he was so frustrating and it sucks. It sucks, you know? So you want to build that, that, that environment for camaraderie and like just you know make it so much fun like the restaurant should be fun it sucks working in the restaurant yeah and at least if you have good people to work with exactly it makes it better it's kind of like going to high school or something like that like <laughs> yeah and if you guys see uh if you guys see any of your fellow co-workers bullying or uh treating the dish the dishwashers like shit man fucking stick up for that dishwasher man uh tell them not to cut that shit off um yeah you should just cut it <laughs> cut it cut it <laughs> that's gonna bring us to the end of episode two of season two aka episode 84 uh Ooh. it's gonna take us on to our ingredient of the week uh keith picked this one out yeah quick book tell him what it is jahani it is cool robbie oh cool yeah b cool robbie that's what it's gonna be <laughs> well they're using me uh speaking of what, what were you just talking about the the that harvest uh Cookbook, Cool Robbie. Uh, hold on, let me get to it. Northwest Harvest uh, put out a collection of uh, semen-based recipes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I thought about doing it. Like, uh, this is so fucking gross. This uh, is disgusting. Why are we even talking about this? Because I just because th- you said Cool Robbie, and I was like, what would they? How are they gonna make uh, Cool Robbie uh, into a, a recipe? I guess you could use my semen. That's disgusting. It was jokes. Jokes, people. We're talking about jokes. Back of the house. It's a great way to end our, uh, you know. <laughs> Good thing Keith's not here because he would uh, be cut like, it. cut that shit. That's cut not, it. Cut that's, it. That's not cool. All right. Well, what are you doing with kohlrabi? Uh, I've been making a lot of slaws at my work to put on my sandwiches. So I'm going to do a, a, a kohlrabi slaw recipe. All right, so what you're gonna need is you're gonna need some uh, finely shredded cabbage. So get you a head of uh, any cabbage you like. Uh, no, we'll use green because the kohlrabi is gonna be purple. Uh, so you're gonna shred up uh, maybe a half a head of cabbage. 
Um, and then you're going to get four to five uh, peeled. Uh, you're going to take your karabi bulbs. Uh, it's like turnips. Is, is it a turnip? No, it's in the family of cabbage and broccoli. Okay. So, yeah, it's like a bulb. Um, so you're going to peel them, and then you're going to take them in a, a, a grater, and you're going to grate them. Uh, you're going to grab uh, two stalks of celery, two uh, carrots. Uh, you're going to slice both of those pretty thin. Uh, you're going to take an onion. You're going to mince it super fine. And then you're going to take uh, one-third cup of white sugar, half a teaspoon of salt, uh, half a teaspoon of black pepper, um, a half a teaspoon of celery seed, about a half a cup of mayo, and then you're gonna do about mm, two tablespoons apple cider vinegar, and maybe one tablespoon of soy sauce. Mm. Uh, you're gonna take all those um, <clears throat> the salt, the pepper, the celery seed, the mayo, the vin, uh, the sugar, the soy, and you're gonna mix that together uh, with a whisk. And then you're gonna take all uh, the kohlrabi, the cabbage, the celery, and the carrots and onion, and you're gonna lightly toss. Um, that with the uh, uh, vinegar mix. Um, lightly dress it. I don't like my um, I don't like my celery. I mean my slaws like really wet, super wet. Oh, we get ours dirty. See, I don't. I like mine lightly tossed. I like the flavor. But the cabbage it, leeches, and that's why it kind of gets. Yeah, but I. It, but I like. I don't like to dress mine ahead of time. Oh. Like uh, people at my at my work are like, you know, oh, you don't pre-dress your stuff. I do it to order. Because I like the crunch there. I don't like my slaw to be really like. I mean, if you cut your cabbage a little bit thicker, it keeps its crunch, but it gets a little bit more malleable. Yeah. So um, I just like to lightly dress my stuff. And you can do it ahead of time. It just don't pour it all yeah. the mixture in no, no, there. No, no, no. Um, marinate it. Yeah, marinate it. Um, so, yeah, there you go. It's uh, going to be a kurabi kuwabi slaw. Kuwabi. Yeah. Um, Sounds good. All right, well, I'm going to make this quick so we can do this thing. I'm going to do kohlrabi home fries. So they're like French fries or roasted potatoes, um, but with kohlrabi. What's your feeling? I put potatoes on a sandwich. Some people tell me that's a no-no, but... I mean, potato chips. No, I put potato chips on a sandwich, but I also put roasted potatoes on a sandwich. No. It's fucking crack. I mean, I'm sure it is, but I'm just like, why? Cause it's got it's got flavor and texture. Starch on starch, starch on starch on starch. Um, anyway, so what you'll need for this recipe is one and a half to two pounds of kohlrabi, uh, one tablespoon rice flour, chickpea flour, or semolina, salt, um, two to four tablespoons of canola oil, grapeseed oil, or whatever oil you like to use, chili powder, ground cumin, curry powder, and paprika to taste. Um, you're going to peel the kohlrabi and cut it into thick sticks about a third to a half inch wide and two inches long. Um, and then you'll, once you get those done, I'm going to put them in water just to kind of um, make sure they don't brown as you're cutting them and then kind of dry them, pat dry them down before you fry them just so that they, um, add a couple drops of lemon juice. Uh, yeah, you can add a couple drops of lemon juice. What I would actually do, sorry, is put it in a brine solution, actually a 3% salt brine. Um, three, can you explain that to people? So you'll do 3% 0.03 times whatever <laughs> the weight of water that you have for your container. And so what you're going to need to do is go to the store. You're going to buy a digital scale. Most I, People have digital scales these days, and it's fucking easy. For drugs, <laughs> not for food. I've, I just bought a digital scale for my kitchen, but I've been using... Actually, look at this. Look into my fucking backpack right now. 
Bam. That's that's digital. You know, this is this is not stolen. I'd like to thank See Chef Amy Boumier gave this to me because she said she's like, can you fix the power adapter on here? And I was like, sure. Totally forgot about it. Then I got fired. This is mine now. <laughs> thank you. You didn't Mar- steal it, but Marcus Charles it by omission. <laughs> this is G shit though. I know. I was like, that's a real deal. This is what you call. Skill. This is what you call a fucking chef, man. They got a digital scale in their backpack, not for drugs. This is strictly. That'd be for so ingredient. funny if you're trying to sell drugs on that scale. <laughs> be like, how hot is that? Like, <laughs> do I get to pay '80s prices too? <laughs> exactly. That's a new scale. Like that's not old cell phone, bro. Who took this shit out of Scarface? <laughs> That's, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, like kind of season the water and make sure it's salty, and it, and the kohlrabi will absorb that salt, and it'll be it'll be nice and crunchy when you fry it. Anyways, um, also Migos just came out with a new song with Cardi B. Um, oh yeah. shit! What's it called? It's a motorsport. Motorsport, and there's somebody else on it too. Migos, Cardi B, and Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. Ooh, I thought Ooh, they had beef. Beef. Anyways, <laughs> back to what we were doing. So you'll heat the oil over medium heat, whatever oil you choose to use. Um, I I would probably use a grapeseed because it has kind of a better smoke point, so you're not going to overgo. You're not going to overgo too fast. Um, heating a heavy skillet, a cast iron, I would prefer to use. Um, you'll place flour in a large bowl and season that with salt, just a little bit, maybe a little bit of pepper. You'll toss your kohlrabi sticks in there and get them lightly coated. Um, once your oil is nice and rippling, you can see the ripples like water on top. You're going to add the kohlrabi into the pan in small batches so it's not too crowded, and cook them for about two to three minutes. Um, um, then using tongs or a spider, uh, which is kind of like a long um, strainer. Or strain, yeah, chinois. Um, you'll pull out those and place onto paper towels or a little pat so that they kind of dry out and don't get too oily. Season with a little bit of spices that you prefer to use, curry, cumin, a um, little bit, bit more salt. Uh <laughs> and yeah, call it a day. Serve them piping hot, and you can serve them with like some dipping sauces. Maybe a little tzatziki, uh, maybe a little, uh, you, you know, serve, aioli or something. Just serve some meat on top of those too with a yeah. sauce. Yeah. Yeah. A little hot sriracha. <laughs> sriracha, sriracha mayo. All right. Uh, I would like to thank uh, Studio 212 for allowing us to record here. I'd like to thank the Soundcasting Network for hosting our show. Uh, I'd like to thank all the fans for listening to us. Uh, shout out to everybody who said what's up to me on the streets and uh, told me they missed our show. I don't know if you're just being nice or that's true. I'm uh, never out on the streets, so I never see anybody to shout me out. People have said what's up. They say hi. Hi, how's Johnny? They've asked about your baby and stuff like that. He's beautiful. Um, I don't, they don't think they even know you. They've never even met you. And they're like, yeah, man, how's, how's Johnny's baby doing? I'm like, he ugly, but <laughs> he's alive. Oh, girl, Sarah got mad at you. She's like, you just going to let Robbie call your baby ugly on air? And I was like, no, I shut that down real quick, but he needs to stop. He doesn't mean it. He knows that he's the most handsome boy he's ever seen. My girl tried to call me out the, this morning. It was like, <laughs> we're just laying in bed looking at your Instagram. And uh, we're just like, oh, my God, Johnny's baby is so cute. And I was like, she is a liar. <laughs> I never said that. We were not. She said your baby was cute. I was like, look at his forehead. <laughs> anyway, uh, and I thank our producer, Keith, for uh, putting up with our shit and recording our show. <laughs> Um, what else? Anything else? Social medias. Uh, catch us on that uh, Facebook at Girl How Long Steak Mister. On that gram at Girl How Long Steak Mister. Twitters. 
uh, at how long sick, mister? And then emails with any questions. Tobias, I will be getting back to you. We're going to br- bring the cramp. Yeah, he's a he works for Ethan Stoll's up. He's like the party planner or something like that. Oh, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're but we're gonna try that uh, that fake bleed burger. We're gonna bring him to the studio. So I gotta get in contact with him. Fucking so, Derek had it. Yeah, let's not talk about it. We're gonna save okay. the show. Uh, email us at uh, grillhowlongstickmister at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Bobby Stills. What's your Instagram, Johnny? Uh, Johnny Tunami. Um, also, check out some of the other shows on the Soundcasting Network. Uh, we're being kicked out of the studio because uh, the podcast uh, How to Be a Better, Better Drinker, Drinker is here. Shout out Matt James. Start uh, early so you don't get too drunk. Right? I'm not drinking today. I'm not to But anyway, uh, thank you guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll catch you next week or the week after that. Peace, peace. Grill, how long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch. <laughs>